Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Hey, we got a final, the final from Coors Field in Colorado. It's the American League 5, the National League 2. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And we've got an all-star game to talk about. And then we've got some more Cleveland Indians news. And finally, we're going to go over the hitters in this episode. We're going to go over the Indians' offense and defense. And we're going to take a look at each player and say, basically do a thumbs up or thumbs down, right? How are they doing at the midway point of the season? Uh, Are they living up to our expectations as fans? Or are they struggling a little bit this season? So... We'll go through all the hitters on this team. Then tomorrow we'll come back and we'll do all the pitchers. So let's get into it. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, this is the perfect time to leave a rating or a review on Apple uh, Podcasts. I appreciate it. We've got an all five-star review so far, which is awesome. So I know a lot of people have been listening during that Indians win streak. A lot of people listen to the first All-Star Game episode. So If you get a chance, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave a rating and a review. Also, if you want to jump in on the conversation, now is the perfect time to let me know what you feel about the first half of the Cleveland Indians. This show is available to you as the fans to jump in. So email the show, clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. It's easy. Hop on. Shoot me a quick email. You can also call in using the features on the Anchor app. But if you want to just drop an email, we'll talk about it on the show uh, tomorrow or we'll talk about it once the games start back up. I believe on Friday is our first game back. So let me know what you're thinking. Be part of the conversation. Join in on the show. All right, let's get into the All-Star game last night. And it was a pretty fun All-Star game. I mean, All-Star games generally uh, are much more hype than they are actual action on the field it's so hard for anyone to get into a rhythm because you're barely out there I mean they they were doing something on the pregame show where like uh, I think it was like David Ortiz partnered with like MasterCard or something like that and like if you went on their website and you made a bunch of bets uh, you could win like up to ten thousand dollars so things like you know predict how many home runs are going to be hit and then I'm sure there was something like predict how many strikeouts there will be and in the pregame show, they were like going, oh, there's going to be eight home runs. Oh, I'm, I'm predicting five home runs, right? They thought it was going to be this offensive explosion. They thought that they were going to be swinging for the fences or striking out. Well, honestly, neither of those things really happened. There were three strikeouts. The American League pitchers managed three strikeouts uh, yesterday, and there were only three home runs hit total. Now, the NL pitchers, they loaded up on the strikeout. They got 12 strikeouts uh, total amongst the NL pitchers. So the AL side was striking out a little more, but the AL side also had a little more luck because obviously they came out on top of this thing 5-2, to two, uh, 9 hits to 8. So yeah, this was not the home run explosion that all the pundits wanted uh, in that light Coors Field air. Um, it was a pretty regular baseball game. And uh, the only one with a multi-hit game, I believe, is Xander Bogarts, uh, who comes up with two hits and an RBI. The only one with a multi-RBI game was Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who takes home MVP for the day. He had one of those home runs in the third inning off of Burns. 
Uh, nobody on, two outs, and he absolutely cranks one to left field. And it was one of those innings where they had Fernando Tatis Jr. mic'd up in the field, and his reaction was pretty great. He knew Vladdy got it. Everybody knew Vladdy got it. Um, so, yeah, so he actually took home MVP honors. Honestly, looking this thing over, that's who I would have given the MVP to because nobody else on the AL side really stood out from the crowd. Everybody kind of delivered in their own way. Um, Otani didn't do anything leading off offensively, but he did have a clean first inning, and he's the only AL pitcher. Him and Kitteridge are the only two AL pitchers to have clean innings. Nobody on base. So uh, that's something. Nobody on the AL side had multiple strikeouts. Um, Yeah, and the rest of the AL hitters... um, like I said, Bogarts had two hits. Judge had a walk and a run scored. Uh, so he came around on a little rally they were able to put together. Devers had a hit. Uh, let's see here. Zanino had a home run. Zanino had a solo home run out to right field. Uh, Jose Ramirez, our guy. Boy, it felt like Jose Ramirez was barely in this game. It felt like the Indians were uh, not even a cliff note to this all-star weekend, right? With Bieber not pitching. With uh, Fermil Reyes probably being hurt way too long to even be considered for the All-Star team. Although, I think if he wasn't hurt, he definitely could have made it onto this All-Star team. Uh, Jose Ramirez, my brother said he went in in the bottom of the fifth, I think, and then got the bat. I think he flew out to center field, right center field. Put a decent swing on a ball. Worked a full count after starting down 0-2, which we've seen him do multiple times. So we put a good swing on it, but then he's out of the game for uh, Wendell from Tampa Bay. So he he's barely a blip in this game. They didn't even get a chance to talk about him because he was leading off an inning, and they spent more time talking about the pitcher who just went in for the NL than they even did Jose Ramirez. So for a guy who has been in the MVP discussion so many times, barely a blip on this All-Star uh, game weekend. So that's a shame. Obviously, we always... I feel like we've done this for years. I remember, you know, sitting there waiting for your guy, waiting for that one Cleveland guy to get in, waiting for like a Victor Martinez to get in. And he gets one at bat, boom, he's gone. And you're like, okay, well, that was something. So that's the all-star game. Uh, like I said, it wasn't the fireworks that everyone expected. It was just a fairly decent game. On the NL side, nobody really did anything huge offensively. Real Muto hit the home run for the NL side. Uh Freddie Peralta had the best day on the mound of anybody. He struck. He's the only one that struck out the side um, in a clean inning. So uh, Freddie Peralta, probably the most dominant pitcher uh, of the day. And he's having a pretty dominant season. He's got a whip under one. So he's really having a dominant season. So there's your all-star game. Oh, I take that back. Uh, Jose Ramirez did make a defensive play. The Indians have that on their... Uh, on their homepage here on the MLB app. So he was able to make in the bottom of the sixth inning with nobody out to lead off the inning. Uh, Brandon Crawford popped one up. and Jose Ramirez got it. There you go. That's Jose Ramirez's big defensive contribution to the game. So uh, let's get into some of the other news. So uh, the Indians draft, the MLB draft continued and the Indians just kept taking pitchers. I think they ended up with 18 pitches, pitchers total. Um, they took one outfielder, one shortstop, and 18 mostly, if not all, college pitchers. Now, 
if you think that's impressive, the Los Angeles Angels took all 20 draft picks as pitchers. Now, I think we can all agree that the Angels system needed some pitching. My God, the Angels, it feels like they've been looking for starting pitching for the last 20 years, right? So I understand why they loaded up on pitching. The Indians claim, and you know, Pluto had Terry Pluto had some quotes in, in his articles about it uh, from Indians front office people. They claim that they just went with who was the best available when they picked. They weren't intending on taking all pitchers, but the, you know, there were some position players that they were looking at that maybe got sniped a few picks before they were going to take them, and so they just went with the best player on their board, and it just happened to be every time they picked that best player on the board was a pitcher. Now again. Me and my brother were talking about this. I sent him the international signings from back in January. And if you remember back in January, it's like 70% shortstops. There was one pitcher taken in that class, and then it was like 10 shortstops and a few outfielders. So they have other ways of infusing offensive talent and defensive talent into the system. Now, those guys, those international guys are like 16, 17 years old. So it's going to take a long time for them to come into the system. But that's where we found some really talented players. I believe that is how Jose Ramirez actually got signed to the team. At 17 years old, he went to the Dominican facility, uh, the Indians' Dominican facility, and scouts noticed him and signed him. And so, yeah, so at 17 years old, Jose Ramirez entered our system. Uh, Doesn't make his Major League debut until... September 2013. So it's a long journey for some of these guys uh, from 2009 to 2013. So yeah, so uh, that's what we got. We got a bunch of really young offensive players, and now we've got a ton of college arms ready to make an impact throughout our system. So that's what the Indians did in the draft. I'm encouraged by it. Sure, bring on the pitching, right? Keep fueling the pitching factory. Let's see what we can develop out of these college pitchers. You never know. You absolutely, Karen Check was like a ninth round pick, I want to say, or something like that. You never know where it's going to come from in the MLB draft. The other big Indians news is Mike DeWine, Governor Mike DeWine, is involved in the negotiations to keep the Indians at Progressive Field, to keep the Indians in Cleveland, um, and to renew that lease. And it's Everybody now has quotes out there, how complicated, you know, it's a complicated deal. Basically, the governor is working on a way to kick in about $30 million spread out over 15 years to help with improvements to progressive field, to keep it one of the gems in Major League Baseball when it comes to ballparks and keep a re- it as a real destination for why people come to the city. So that's probably good news. I know we don't love seeing public money being funneled into these owners, you know, to these private projects, you know, but you know, the Cavs did kick in a ton of money when they renovated Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. It's still the cue to me. Um, and uh, so the Cavs did pony up some of their own money to match uh, what public funds were put into it. And the Indians would probably do the same thing. They didn't say what, renovations. They did say some major renovations. I was surprised in the article that this wasn't just upkeep, that this wasn't just, you know, repairing infrastructure things, you know, uh, fixing cracks in cement and stuff like that, reinforcing uh, supports that need reinforcing. This sounded like some actual major renovations, which the ballpark has gone through some renovations. I mean, it's still a gorgeous ballpark. 
right? What they've done with the concession areas and opening things up and putting in all those local food stands has been really nice. And the shipping containers out in right field in the upper deck there weren't the smash hit that uh, we all thought, you know, that they thought they were going to be. I thought there was always a different plan for that, for more of a party deck up there. And somehow they ended up with the shipping container. So maybe that is part of the renovations. But yeah, I, who knows? Who knows what they're going to end up doing? Uh, whether that's renovating seat, you know, who knows? Maybe they're going to rip out all the seats and put in new seats, right? Everybody's going to get a seat cushion now. Who knows? Maybe you're finally going to get a little more leg room so you don't feel like you're just on top of the people around you. But I doubt that because it's always about shoving in as many people as you can. So who knows? Maybe they'll put backs on the bleachers out there. Are there backs on the bleachers? Yeah, there are backs on the bleachers. Maybe they'll give armrests on the bleachers out there. Who knows? Um, so yeah, so there are plans for more improvements to Progressive Field, and the governor is willing to help make that happen. So it sounds like this lease is going to get signed, and it sounds like they're going to continue to make improvements to our home for baseball, Progressive Field. All right, let's get into the Indians' offense. Let's take a deep dive really quick here and give some thumbs up and some thumbs down. And I'm over here on Fangraphs, and I just sorted things by plate appearance. It originally comes in sorted by war, and I think that's a little too easy to decide who has been contributing and who hasn't. So we are sorted by plate appearance. And the most plate appearances, no surprise here, goes to your leadoff hitter, Cesar Hernandez. And he's got 15 home runs on the season. He's actually second on the team in home runs, which is crazy because that is not really his thing. Um, his walk rate is 9.4. Strikeouts are up at 22.1, uh, which is actually pretty fair. I pulled up his page, his career page, and that's actually right in line uh, with his career averages. So that's nothing out of the ordinary. His batting average balls in play is down a little bit, his bat bit which I think can lead to the fact that he's been a little unlucky out there. Um, his expected weighted on base percentage is 341. It's actually the best of his career, which means the contact he's making is good, but he's just been unlucky or defenses have really uh, picked up on what he's doing and adjusted to him this season. So he actually has a better expected weighted on base percentage than he did last season when he hit 283, when his bat bip was up at 364. So he was really having some good luck last year. Now he's under uh, he's under his weighted runs created plus WRC plus, which is a good measure of the offensive contribution. Um, he's at 95 right now. He, last year he was up at 110 which was close to the best in his career. 111 with the Phillies in 2017 was the best of his career. His career average is 97, and he's at 95 right now. So I'm actually going to give Cesar Hernandez a thumbs up so far on this season. He's contributing in a different way. His defense has, uh, he's made some bad errors. His defense has probably been pretty solid overall. He just had a, he's had a few glaring errors that have kind of stood out. Um, he has positive war. He's at a 1.4 war, you know, weight, uh, wins above replacement, which is always a good measure of the contribution a player is making. You want to see those positive war numbers. So overall, I'm going to give him a thumbs up. Also, we talked about this yesterday that he's a possible trade candidate, right? A veteran with an option year attached to him could bring back some decent return. And we have so many young second basemen knocking on the door that need an opportunity 
it would make sense to trade him here. And the one thing about that is I don't know who would hit leadoff, right? We tried not hitting him leadoff to start the season. That was a disaster. I actually think that him leading off, Ahmed Rosario second, Jose Ramirez, Fermil Reyes, that's working. That is working as a top four. And if you get rid of Cesar Hernandez, I I have no idea who would hit leadoff for you. I mean, I don't think Ahmed Rosario would do it. I mean, the dude swings at everything. He is very aggressive up there. Cesar Hernandez has been very aggressive too, but um, yeah, he seems to be working as the leadoff hitter. So I don't know. I don't know what the Indians would do if they actually traded him. If you would force an Owen Miller or force an Oscar Mercado to hit leadoff, I don't know. So thumbs up to Hernandez. Jose Ramirez is an obvious thumbs up. Uh, dude is raking again this season. 19 home runs leading the team and eight stolen bases. Up there tied for second on the team of stolen bases. Um, his strikeout rate is down at 13.1%. That is awesome. His isolated power is up at 264, which isolated power is basically the slugging percentage. It's the slugging percentage, and you strip away all the singles. Um, so this is all the extra base hits. 264 is a great slugging percentage. There are two guys that are higher. I'm betting you can guess who they are. We'll get to them in a second. So, yeah, he's slugging 524. He's got an OPS over 800. He's doing awesome. He's only hitting 260, I know, but we know how quickly he can make that batting average jump. I thought, I think as long as the OPS is up there over 800, he's doing awesome, and he's leading the team in war. He's got three uh, cumulative war on fan graphs, so leading the team in that category. Ahmed Rosario, I'm giving a big thumbs up to. Dude is hitting. He's dropped a little bit. His batting average is down at 259. He's not hitting for a ton of power. But his on-base percentage is over 300. Uh, and he's his his WRC Plus is only 84. To give you perspective, Jose Ramirez is up at 130. Um, remember, this is where league average is set to 100. So he has dropped a little bit um, in that category. But I think he's really been affecting with his speed. He has legged out some things. He has like, scored from first. He's stolen eight bases. I think his speed on the base pass has really had a big effect. So we'll see if he can continue. We know he's hit for some power when he was with the Mets. He's only at five home runs right now. Uh, I'm okay as long as he keeps that on-base percentage up. He probably needs to get it up a little bit higher. I mean, his OPS is only 673, so that's not a great OPS. If he can get that OPS closer to 750, maybe. Uh, He's got positive war at 0.9. I'm giving a thumbs up to Ahmed Rosario. Honestly, I think as long as he outpaces uh, Francisco Lindor on this season, I'm going to continue to give him a thumbs up. It's probably more an indictment on Lindor's season than it is Ahmed Rosario's season. But uh, I know Lindor has found some power lately and has started to swing the bat better. But Ahmed Rosario, I'm giving a thumbs up. Eddie Rosario, it is a thumbs down for me. This is not the guy we thought we were getting. He's only got seven home runs on this season. His isolated power is 134, uh, barely above uh, you know, Ahmed Rosario there. He's only slugging 389. His OPS is uh, somewhere in the 600 range, 670 range. It's underneath, uh, it's under 700. And we need more from Eddie Rosario when it comes to that. He's at positive war. He's at 0.3. 
His WRC plus is only 85. We thought we were getting a 30 home run guy, and it's just turning out not to be that way. He's going to be lucky if he gets to 20 home runs by the time he gets back off the IL. So uh, he has made some impressive catches out there in left field, but he thinks he has a much better cannon. He's got the arm strength. He just sails some throws, just comes up with some crazy throws from left field. So I got to be honest, it's a thumbs down for me on Eddie Rosario. He's at least held down left field and like given us some serviceable, serviceable production out there in the outfield. But he's come up with some key hits, but it's just not what we expected when we signed Eddie Rosario. Josh Naylor, obviously it's going to be an incomplete from Josh Naylor with the big injury. But to be honest, up until this point in the season... Uh, seven home runs. His isolated power is 146. His uh, batting average is 253. He, I think, he leaves just at 700 on his OPS. For some reason, uh, Fangraphs does not love showing OPS in the team batting uh, category. So I'm in my head. I'm adding up on base percentage and slugging percentage on the fly. And uh, it's a 301 on base. It's a 399 slugging. I believe, checking the math, that equals 700 for an OPS. His WRC Plus is at 89. Man, after what he did to the Yankees in the playoffs, we really expected some more from Josh Naylor. And it's just not been that kind of dominant season. He does have seven home runs, but I think we expected a little more slugging from Josh Naylor. So it's a thumbs down for me. He does have a negative war, negative 0.5, and he's not going to be able to help that for the rest of the season after being out with that terrible injury. The energy was still there. just the extra bases weren't. Harold Ramirez, he's coming in, hitting 280. He's got an OPS of 780 something. So that's actually been pretty good. His, uh, his isolated power is at 177. He's only got six home runs. He does not strike out a ton, down at 14.5% strikeout rate, which is pretty good. He also doesn't walk a ton, only 4.5% walks. So I think Harold Ramirez has actually been contributing pretty well on offense. His WRC plus is at 110. His defense isn't great at times, but he's been serviceable out there. So uh, a positive war of 0.7. I'm giving Harold Ramirez thumbs up. For Mil Reyes, my God, 14 home runs, uh, third on the team in home runs only because of that injury. I'm telling you, this guy would have been an all-star. The strikeout rate is high, 30.2%, but he has gotten the walk rate up, 7.4%. Let's see how that compares to his numbers from last season here. That walk rate is actually down for his career average. Last year, he was at 10%. His career average is 8.8. The strikeouts are a little bit up from his career uh, average there. So that's not great. But you know what? His isolated power is the best of his career. His ISO is up at 324. My God, just crushing the ball when he makes contact. Definitely leading the way for the Cleveland. No, not leading the way. Bobby Bradley's got him when it comes to ISO. Um, second on the team in isolated power. But I told you, Jose Ramirez was at 264. He's up at uh Three twenty-four uh, when it comes to isolated power. He's got a positive uh, WAR at zero point nine. His WRC plus is at one forty-three. That is tied for tops on the team with Bobby Bradley. So yeah, so Fermil Reyes is definitely getting 
a big thumbs up for me. He is leading the team in OPS. He's leading the team. Uh, he might be, he's up there in batting average. Um, pretty close to the top when it comes to batting average. So, yeah, Fermil Reyes, big thumbs up for me. That guy has to be the cleanup hitter for like, can he be the cleanup hitter for the next 10 years for the Cleveland Indians? Can he be like our Frank Thomas, please? Can we lock him up to some big contract? I know it probably won't be 10 years, but at least give me like the next five or six years of Fermil Reyes as our cleanup hitter. Austin Hedges is the next one on here in plate appearances, and the strikeout rate is pretty high from Austin Hedges, 34%. His ISO is low. He's got four home runs. Um, his his OPS is terrible. His batting average is 149. Uh, he's delivered with defense, right? He might have the best defensive war of anybody on the team. He does at 7.8, but his overall war is at negative 0.1. That's how bad his offense has been. Oh, boy. Uh, it's a thumbs down for me for Austin Hedges. I know we love his defense, but we need a little more on offense. Jordan Luplo, it has not been long. He did have seven home runs before he got hurt. It sounds like whatever he's dealing with, he's going to be dealing with for a while. His batting average was only 173, but he was bringing 439 slugging percentage. He actually walked a ton. His walk rate was up at 17.4, so his on-base percentage is 331. So I, I got to be honest, those numbers are actually, it's a decent OPS there. It's, uh, you know, it's just under an 800 OPS. So I, do I have to give a thumbs up to Jordan Luplo? I guess, I guess what he contributed so far this season hasn't been that terrible for someone with a 173 batting average. Uh, it could have been worse. So I'm actually giving a thumbs up to Jordan Luplo. I think he found a way to contribute before he got hurt at least. Bobby Bradley, 10 home runs on the season already. He should have been here from day one. It'll always be a travesty that he wasn't here from day one. He is striking out a lot, 30% strikeout rate, but a 10% walk, 10.9% walk rate. So that's pretty good. His ISO is the best on the team at 337. Um, he's hitting 240, which is fine because his OPS is up over 900. So big thumbs up to Bobby Bradley. His WRC plus is 143, 0.6 war. Big thumbs up to Bobby Bradley. Bradley Zimmer, it's been a struggle on offense. He does have five stolen bases. His strikeout rate is at 36.1%, not the worst on the team. His ISO is at 0.031. His batting average is 219. Uh, his OPS is terrible. Uh yeah, it's a it's a thumbs down for Bobby Bradley. His defense has helped. His speed has helped. He is able to walk a little bit, which is helping his on-base percentage, which is at 370, but it's a thumbs down. We needed Bradley Zimmer to figure out something on offense. Are you going to be a power hitter? Are you going to be a contact guy? What are you going to be, Bradley Zimmer? I feel like when he first got called up, they were talking about this, how he keeps changing his approach to try to figure out what kind of hitter he's going to be. Well, he has not figured it out yet. Yu Chang was a bit of a disappointment. This was a guy I really hoped could figure things out. He just could not find the power. His ISO was only at 111. His walk rate was 4.4% at 26.3% strikeout rate. His batting average was 176 when he finally got sent down. His OPS is oh under 500. Is that pot? Yeah, 498. So yeah, it's a thumbs down for Yu Chang. I'm disappointed that happened. 
Jake Bowers, uh, obviously a big disappointment here. His isolated power is actually less than Yu Chang's. He was at 0.090. His batting average was only 190 for the team. Uh, Yeah, it's a huge thumbs down for Jake Bowers. And frankly, the best thing we could say about Jake Bowers is they traded him. They did pick up some young single-A pitcher. They finally completed that deal. Um, I don't think it's really anyone of note from the Mariners system, but we'll see. We'll see what the Indians could do with him. Uh, Roberto Perez is the next when it comes to plate appearances, and obviously a big injury has hurt his season. His strikeout rate's pretty high. He has found some power since he got back. His isolated power is 213, so actually a decent ISO there, but his batting average is 163, so... He's only slugging 375. His OPS is five, is over 600, so eh, there's something there. Um, his WRC Plus is at 77, so not really meeting league average. Uh, Roberto Perez, eh, I'm going to give it a thumbs down. We'll see. We'll see what he does with the second half. If he finds more power, if he's able to contribute a little more on offense. Right now, it's a thumbs down for me. Andres Jimenez, we had high hopes, but he just could not figure it out at the plate. His walk rate was 3.5%, while his strikeout rate was 29.4%. His batting average when he got sent down was 179. Now, he has been hitting, I guess, since he's been down at AAA. So we'll see if he can bring that back. Sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes a guy's got to bounce back and forth. He's got to get that confidence at AAA and bring it back to the Major League team. So right now it's a thumbs down. I was kind of surprised. I thought Jimenez would get off to a better start than this. Uh, so it's a thumbs down for me right now. Rene Rivera actually was pretty good in his uh, in his short stint here. Uh, backing up as catcher, he had a 38.1% strikeout rate. So pretty high strikeout rate. But but he... Uh, he actually hit 236, not great. His WRC plus was 91. So he was able to contribute some things here. He slugged 400. So he was able to find ways to contribute and got his WRC plus up to 91. I gotta say, it wasn't bad. He came up with some big, a few big hits. He struck out a ton, but he came up with some few big hits. So I'm actually gonna give Rene Rivera for his short stint here a thumbs up. I don't know if we're ever gonna see Rene Rivera again. Uh, they signed, oh, what's his name from Detroit? Uh, Detroit cut their veteran catcher, Wilson Ramos, and we signed him to a minor league deal. So, I don't know, between Lavarnaway, him, I don't know if Rene Rivera would ever get called up again. If, hey, say maybe we traded one of our catchers to someone who needed a defensive catcher at the trade deadline. I don't know if Rene Rivera would be the first one called up. Owen Miller, it's a thumbs down. My God, what happened to Owen Miller? He had a strikeout rate of 48% in the majors. This is a guy that did not strike out in the minors. He was a huge contact guy, and he only hit 106. He's got a negative 22 WRC+. plus. So it's a big thumbs down from Owen Miller. But in 50 plate appearances, again, a guy who bounced back to AAA and a guy who obviously could come right back up if Cesar Hernandez were to get traded. Ernie Clement would probably be in line to start at second base if Cesar Hernandez got traded. He has the next plate appearances. I'm actually giving a thumbs up here to Ernie Clement. The batting average is only 205, but the strikeout rate is down. He's only at 14% strikeout rate. Um, he has not contributed the extra base hits. His slugging percentage is, is 231. His OPS is only 493. 
so it hasn't been anything great offensively, but it's much better than what we got from Owen Miller. So at least for that, for being the utility guy that could play any position, I'm actually going to give Ernie Clement a thumbs up. I want to see. I want to see more of Ernie Clement. Oscar Mercado has only been 35 plate appearances, but he's hitting 281. His OPS is 843. Um, his, he's slugging 500. He's added some extra base hits. Now the strikeout rate is manageable at 25.7%, and the walk rate is at 8.6. So that's pretty fair. Uh, he's got a WRC plus of 127. I'm giving a thumbs up to Oscar Mercado. We, I've talked about this the last few episodes, but 2019 Oscar Mercado might be back. And that would be really great for the second half of this season. Oh, Ben Gamble is next. Huge thumbs down for me on Ben Gamble. He only hit 0.71 was his batting average when he left in 17 plate appearances. Daniel Johnson has gone 16 plate appearances. He's hitting 0.63. Jesus, Daniel Johnson, he's not gotten much of a chance here at the majors, but his strikeout rate is at 50% right now in 16 plate appearances. So, Daniel Johnson has to figure something out, how to hit at the major league level. Ryan LaVarnaway actually had a decent showing in 12 plate appearances. He hit 273. His WRC plus was 93. So LaVarnaway for a short stint here, a journeyman who can hit. His defense wasn't great, but he can hit. So he gets a thumbs up for me on a short stint here. Uh, the next few names are all pitchers. Are there any other hitters that snuck in there for one at-bat or something like that? Nope. That does it. LaVarnaway is our last hitter. So there you go. That is what I think of the offensive contributions for the Indians right now. There are some big thumbs up in there. There are some guys that are really contributing, and I'm encouraged. I, I think with the right additions to this team, with the right trades, I think as long as we get health out of uh, Fermil Reyes and Jose Ramirez in our 3-4 spots in the lineup, if Ahmed Rosario can continue to contribute at the level he's been contributing, I think there's some positive hope for this offense. I know overall the Indians offense probably does not rank very high when it comes to team stats. When it comes to OPS, the Indians are 19th in baseball in team OPS. When it comes to batting average, your Cleveland Indians come in at 27th in baseball at 229. Okay, so I know there are some things out there that they are struggling to do. Um, When it comes to home runs, your Cleveland Indians are 17th in baseball. Uh, I know there's some offensive categories here that the Indians are really serviceable in. I mean, last year, it was like the worst offense in Indians history. This year, they're at least finding some ways to contribute. Let's take a look at on-base percentage here and how are our Cleveland Indians doing. Oh, boy, 29th in baseball and on-base percentage. Well, that was the wrong category to look at. Is slugging percentage any better? In slugging percentage, they are coming in at 15th in baseball. So, there is a little bit of measurement against the rest of the league. Yeah, it's not a great offense. Yeah, it's a really streaky offense. But I think there are some signs of hope with this offense. And I think the more run that Fermil Reyes and Bobby Bradley get in the middle of the lineup, the more it's going to help this offense. So that's what I think. Those are my thoughts on the offense. Tomorrow, we'll take a look at any more MLB news that comes down. And we'll talk about the pitching. So... 
Those are all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and more we'll fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.